is up, Level Up Nation, and welcome to the January 13th edition of Level Up Live, your home for gaming and esports esports news. There we go. Brought to you by OTN Media. My name is Fiasco. You can call me John, and of course, I am joined by my good pal Joey, aka the Courtside King. Joey, what's popping, buddy? John, doing well. Still getting used to writing 2022 on checks and different things like that. We're working our way there, though, into the new year. We had a great episode last week talking about some wrap-ups of 2021, some resolutions to look forward to, and we are getting this show kicking off with a nice bang on this episode as well. Absolutely. Before we kick the show off, we have a little homework to do. Nation, of course, if you are tuning into the show, means you should be following the show on social media as well. Make sure you follow the show on Twitter and Facebook at Level Up Live. That is at LVLUP Live. And while you're on Twitter, Joey has uh, made a New Year's resolution to make spicy financial takes, spicy hot takes for esports and all the other fun stuff. Uh, he's trying to he's going to try not to be too pro Xbox and pro fanatic this year. So we need to hold him accountable. Make sure you follow Joey at Courtside King and follow the judge, jury, and executioner of his New Year's resolutions at Fiasco. That's myself on Twitter as well. Nation, as always, the live show is the best place to catch Level Up Live. But if you can't catch it on Thursday nights, 8 p.m. on twitch.tv slash OTN Media, you can catch it on the podcast version. Level Up Podcast is available on pretty much every platform out there. So take a look at your podcatcher of choice. Look up Level Up Live, and we will be there for you. And don't forget, if you want to be a super fan, patreon.com slash OTN. Check those out. Tiers are there. We're going to be updating them soon, so keep an eye out there as well if you want to become a super fan. But, Joey, uh, it's our second show of the new year. Uh, just like last week, we're expecting a ton of snow uh, coming up this weekend here in the DMV area, at least where we're based. Uh, but that doesn't mean esports stops. So what are we talking about today on the 13th of January's edition of Level Up? Absolutely. We're kicking things off with a fancy interview, John. I'll let you do the introduction on that oh one. And then wrapping up around with some gaming and esports news. There was a big acquisition in gaming this past week, so we'll be touching on that. A couple esports leagues kicking off this week as well. So we'll be shoveling those to the end of the show, but we'll definitely touch on them. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, you're right. We, we have an interview. We're kicking off the second show of 2022 with a New Year's resolution of our, of our own, which is more interviews. Uh, we're super excited here. Before we can get there, Joe, we have the drink of choice segment. Uh, before we can bring on our guest tonight, Joey, it is time for the drink of choice, that time-honored tradition dating all the way back to episode one that was recorded on Blue Yetis because we did not know what we were doing. Uh, Joey, your beverage of choice, please. No offense to Blue Yeti users. Yeah, like no, it, it, well. it's a fine microphone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm drinking water, honestly. Nothing super fancy here. Staying hydrated, as we mm. do here as Twitch streamers. Um, but yeah, nothing super fancy to kick off this one. Uh, hydrated. That's why I'm drinking uh, a Mountain Dew, uh, because that is definitely going to keep me hydrated. Um, probably should kick soda. That that could be my my New Year's resolution, but uh, those cases over there say otherwise. All right, Joey, we have our beverages. We have our topics today. So let's go ahead and introduce our guest today. Joey, we've had the honor of knowing uh, our guest interview today for several years. Uh, a, a staple here in the DMV esports scene helped develop the esports scene here in the DMV, and now he has moved on to his new position uh, with a hockey team from New York. Caps fans, don't worry, it's not the Rangers, but it is the Islanders. So, Joey, let's go ahead and introduce our good friend to the show. Make sure I do not mess this transition up because that would be terrible. Our good friend Jordan Zellnerker, now of the New York Islanders and Isles GT, the brand-new professional 
NHL eSports team. Jordan, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule for joining us here on Level Up tonight. Always a pleasure, guys. You two are two of my favorites and day ones from the uh, eSports scene, and I've followed around the NHL eSports scene for, for years now. So uh, anytime I can I make time for you guys, it's, it's, uh, it's a good day. Appreciate it, Jordan. As well, chat. Uh, we're going to be asking uh, Jordan a lot of questions uh, throughout the next 20, 30 minutes while we have him here because we don't want to keep him all night long. Uh, rumor has it the Islanders are playing a game right now, so we need to make sure we, uh, we, we, we condense this a little bit here. But, yeah, if you do have questions, make sure you get in and chat. We'll work those in there as well. Uh, Jordan, uh, first is a little bit about your background real quick. Because uh, it's kind of funny, we, we've been we've been trying to get you on for a while. Yeah, obviously, you know that, uh, but it took you moving out of state back to New York before we finally got you on. Um, but just a, a little um, personal note here: How awesome is it that now you're getting to develop an esport division with your hockey team, the hockey team that you grew up rooting for uh, during your childhood? Like now, you're a part of that organization, and and you're making history for that team. Yeah, I mean, I, I grew up on the island, going to Islander games with with my dad and my grandfather, and um, you know, it, it's been surreal just you know getting to be part of of the team that really started it all for me. Uh, most people don't know this, but my actual first sports internship ever when I was in undergrad in college was was with the Islanders. They were the ones who really got me into the sports industry, not even the esports industry. Um, you know, so I was, you know, a little intern, you know, six, seven years ago for the Islanders and, and then now I've come in and, and had the opportunity to build out, you know, a new division. Um, and it really is just a dream come true. The organization has been so unbelievably supportive, um, of everything we're doing. So it's, it's, it's all great so far. Yeah, absolutely. And, and your background a little bit before you, uh, made it to where you are now with the Islanders, uh, you know, our first introduction to you was with DC United when you were uh, working with the MLS club down here in DC. Uh, and then you moved over uh, to Caps Gaming and WizDG uh, with Monumental Sports Entertainment and uh, really uh, helped breathe life uh, into Caps Gaming and, and really expand uh, what we were seeing, what MSE was doing at that time. Obviously, MSE, one of the first uh, uh, organizations, uh, obviously the ownership group of the Washington Capitals, that dove headfirst into the NHL side, bringing eSport tournaments to life. Um, you hopped in there. One of the very first things you did was introduce a 6v6 tournament, which sent shockwaves through the NHL eSports scene. Uh, because up until that point, no NHL club has really done that. It's always maybe been like a 1v1 tournament or a 3v3 tournament. You introduced sixes, which was something that the sixes community and the NHL eSports scene really, really wanted. Um, obviously being a hockey fan yourself, we're both hockey fans, uh, here as well. Um, what was that moment like when you saw the response from that community, knowing that sixes was a viable way forward for the esports scene? Yeah. Um, to take a step back first, um, uh, you know, DC United was, was really the, the epitome point of, of when I was getting into esports because I knew absolutely nothing at the time. And it was kind of a fake it till you make it kind of thing where I learned everything on the fly at DC United. And, you know, you guys were, were some of the first people in the esports industry I met and, and really helped me since day one. So, you know, could not be more appreciative of that. Um, and then that kind of step in between what a lot of people don't know is that I actually wrote my master's thesis on a proposed esports league for the NHL from everything that I knew from the EMLS at DC United and from everything that I was seeing at the NBA 2K League, I kind of built a hybrid, which was a 6v6 version of um, 
uh, esports league for the NHL, but it included more of a EMLS format where it was multiple series tournaments and not so much like a like a weekly schedule like the NBA 2K league. So I kind of took that um, thesis and brought it to the league, and and they weren't quite ready for it. Um, but I used it in my interview with Monumental Sports when they were looking to bring in somebody uh, for the NBA uh, for the NBA 2K League team, Wizards District Gaming. And so that was a big piece of me kind of coming on and, and helping be part of, of the beginning of Caps Gaming. Um, fast forwarding to MSE, um, they, they were really the, the I learned everything there. And, and I really owe, you know, a, a huge chunk of my career to, to the leadership team there that brought me in and, and taught me everything. Uh, I, I've really never seen a sports team that has such a, a talent roster on the business side like MSE, some of the smartest people that I've ever worked with. So uh, I can't really take credit on on launching Caps Gaming when when I had all of these resources and and people around me that that were so supportive. 6v6, the, the idea of 6v6 was already in the community and it was something the community brought to us more than we introduced to the community. There are groups like LG, like League Gaming, that have been doing this stuff for years and really laid the foundation for all of this um, so that the community, when they brought it to us, we were able to just connect the dots and give them that platform to amplify it and really you know, expose and show results on, on what this could really do for the scene. Jordan, I think we got to step back and talk about this thesis for a minute. This is phenomenal. <laughs> I had no idea this was a thing. So with that being said, when you were coming out of school, were you expecting to jump headfirst into esports or was it more the MSE opportunity that you encouraged you that direction in the end? So I was really between two when I, I right before I had actually finished my thesis, probably about three weeks before I had submitted it. Um, I had two kind of offers on the table. One was more towards a, a business role at the NHL league office. And then one was that role at MSE. Um, and it was really just a pick between, do I want to take that leap of faith into this esports world with, with an innovative platform like MSE, or do I want to go the more traditional and safe route and, you know, try to join the league? Um, obviously, you know, I had some really great guidance from my father. He said, listen, you're never going to get an opportunity like this to take a jump at your age. You, you know, you should, you should really give it a shot. Um, so went, went to MSE and, you know, from there it was really just, constant innovation constant learning i mean the amount i learned in the first probably month i was there is more than i learned in the past in the 20 years before that absolutely and it was great working with you over there as well now one of the big decisions you made at MSE, you and the team over there was to go with sixes for that tournament what is some of the thinking that went on behind the scenes as opposed to why you guys went with sixes as opposed to those ones and threes that john mentioned earlier yeah, I mean, that was just a, a group decision amongst our entire team there with with myself, with Andrew, with Zach, with Pat. Um, you know, we, we had a really great group of minds there. And the idea behind it was that we're in the business of team sports. You know, we want to see teamwork, communication, um, these players working together and, and, and really just working with each other for, to achieve a common goal, just like we do on, on the ice and, and really build the, the closest product that we could. So the on ice product. So that's kind of why we went the 6v6 direction. Uh, we also wanted to take out the the component of randomness that the computer could make mistakes, that the, the computer could um, kind of cause errors and, and really leave it all up to human um, human decision. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it worked out incredibly well. That was a, a fantastic tournament. I believe all the spots filled up. Uh, I'm not going to say it like sold out in like three minutes, uh, it's probably closer to five, but I mean, th those spots filled up incredibly quick. The, the, quick. the 
uh, the response from that esports, uh, the, the NHL esports community, and the, and the competitive gamers out there was absolutely massive. Uh, and that was really, um, you know, one of the first times outside of the NBA 2K League that we've seen uh, a person on a controller behind every player on that virtual playing surface. Uh, with the 2K League really, uh, you know, making headway with that idea of five players on the court, five players playing those players, uh, everyone plays an individual role. Now we're seeing that with the Sixes community in NHL. Um, you know, that's from an outside perspective, it feels like that might be uh, something that traditional sports leagues might look forward to going forward when they want to develop their esports scene. And there's a great question in chat here I want to bring up here uh, from Stonewall Civ is, uh, do you see the future of NHL esports as a season type league like the 2K League and sponsor teams or more like COD and CSGO where it's more uh, tournament centric? And, you know, just to piggyback off of that real quick, we did see the announcement with the 2K League uh, that they yep. are going more tournament centric now going forward. Um, obviously, you have your thesis. You've done a lot of research on this. Um, what is your take on the future direction for a, a NHL eSport league? Yeah, I mean, it's it's something that we're all kind of figuring out as we're going. Um, the the league itself is really focused on the one v one hut format and and the GWC and it, and it's been really successful and they've been you know they've done a great job integrating teams and I know I think we're gonna see more of that uh, from the future from them. You know, in terms of a six v six league, I don't know when we're gonna get there, and and obviously that's the direction that we're all looking. Um, but but ultimately, the the we're we're building the foundation of what it could look like for teams to to have a roster of six players, and you know, eventually bring on some subs, and and and, and they don't all need to be in market so like the NBA two K league. Just like you just mentioned, the NBA two K league is leaving that kind of weekly season format and going into more of that tournament format. So I'm not sure how familiar you guys are with the IGT circuit that we just announced. It's also in that same tournament format. What we realized is we really have to lower the commitment from the players while keeping these prize pools pretty decent. It, you know, some, some of the lower teams that, you know, you have your top 10 teams, top 20 teams. There are also a lot of other teams that come in um, and, and they want to compete, but they don't want to play eight weeks. They don't want to be locked into eight weeks of season. So we really want to lower the commitment for, for everybody um, while keeping those prize pools and those those massive kind of finals tournament games, the viewership as high as possible. Yeah, absolutely. And and now with with that experience that you're bringing from MSE, from your time with Caps Gaming and with DG, I mean, Jordan, I, I, I'm not going to try to toot your own horn here, but you're bringing two NBA 2K League championships with you back to New York. That's pretty impressive. Um, obviously, the the entire staff there at MSE, uh, you included at that time, just absolutely nailed it out of the park. Um, now in your new position, uh, obviously, the history that you made was signing the first professional uh, NHL esports team. Um, prior to that, though, did did your experience with MSE and, and specifically uh, head coach Pat Crossan with WizDG play any kind of a role in the way you scouted these players when trying to make that decision of for this 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 historic moment? Um, was there anything that that you were able to pick his brain about when it came to like scouting players, or is this something more of you know? You you're involved in the NHL community. You're in, you know you pay attention to the NHL esports scene. You knew what you were looking for. Yeah, I mean let's let's take it back a step there when we talk <laughs> about those two championships. That was that was all my guy Pete Cross. 
Um, you know, he put together some amazing rosters and, and, you know, I love those guys to death and, and that's an experience that, that I'll never forget, but, but that was all of them. I was there along for the ride. Um, in terms of actually, you know, learning that stuff from, from monumental, I learned everything from monumental. They, they taught, you know, they taught me how to, to be a leader in the space and, and, you know, to take charge and, and, and from scouting, you know, the NA, there hasn't really been too much scouting in the, the NHL esports community, but I've just been paying attention for the past two years and, and getting to know the players and building relationships. And while the NBA 2K League stuff was going on, I was a fly on the wall. I was there, you know, in the background when, when Pat was scouting players and watching film and, and deciding who to pick and vetting these players. Um, and, I, and I learned so much from him and, and his process and just really replicated that when, when we were looking at these players. I think that the real, the real goal of, of signing players was to find people who were, um, you know, at the top of the competitive game who were also good people and, and had good personalities and could be leaders in this space and role models to, to others who want to sign and, and be professionals one day. So, you know, we were able to find that with, with a really great Gooper guys. Um, and, you know, we're really lucky that we found them. So speaking about that a little bit more, Jordan, this is a question that we get often when we have interviews. What are you looking for in esports athletes? You mentioned obviously being good at the game, having good personalities. Is there certain things that athletes can do to kind of get a leg up on the competition? Yeah, I mean, it's one of the questions I probably get the most, um, you know, via Twitter DMs, Instagram, um, just comments is, is how do I go pro in this space? You know, the first thing, the first step is putting a team together and, and jumping in any of these league gaming tournaments that any of the other NHL teams are putting on. They've got LGHL that's going on all the time. Um, you know, I'm quietly in people's Twitch chats all the time. So just go, you know, go live on Twitch, you know, show your face, show your personality, show your show your your ability to play the game. I'm in there. Even if I'm not hopping in people's comments, I'm watching players all the time looking at, hey, is this a guy that we could feature, you know, do a future collaboration with? Is this a guy that we could sign in the future? Um, and I and I know all the other NHL teams are watching people's streams as well. Um, you know, they're, we're, we all chat, you know, at that. NHL teams, we all chat all the time about players that that could be good fits at any team. Um, and, and there's no, you know, there's no player that would be a better fit at my team than somebody else's team. You know, if, if you're qualified, you could play at any NHL team. And as the NHL scene continues to grow, as we see more orgs most likely adopt teams in, do you think eventually we see the NHL move to a draft for, or focused format, kind of like we have with the NBA 2K League? Or do you think it's more something like we see with CSGO or Valorant? where we do see organizations like the Islanders picking up full teams. Yeah, I mean, I, I look at the EMLS and I see how that those teams can just sign their own player. They don't have to do it via draft. And I, I think that's probably the way it should go. The draft is really entertaining and you can put together these teams. So when, when we were at the Caps, um, we had the Caps, we had the All-Star game and the Caps Gaming Showcase. And that was the first idea or test model to see if, hey, if we took players from all these top different teams and put them together, would the team be really successful and that game you know those games they got a little fun and and funky but they were you know the first couple games were also really competitive and you know players that play against each other and kind of are so used to being opponents against each other you know they were able to come together pretty well and 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 play as a team so just getting to see that was was really surreal and, and honestly learned so much from watching these players just come together and play together um so i i think a draft format is possible but i still think the preferred format is going out and signing these teams 
Um, you know, that way you can do your background checks and your due diligence on making sure that that anybody you sign will represent your brand to the best of your ability. Um, and I think the EMLS has done a really great job at, at, at that. And the EMLS teams have done a great job. All right. So you mentioned that you've been a, that, that fly on the wall. You've been quietly looking uh, behind the scenes uh, as as these uh, NHL esports players are streaming um, you know, seeing uh, when Caps Gaming has a tournament, you're p- paying attention to the talent that's coming in through that as well. Um, so, so now, present day, uh, just the other week, uh, you announced the first ever NHL esport professional team. Uh, and uh, you know, Joey and I had the honor to 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 watch a good chunk of these players play in the uh, Caps Gaming Showcase. So that that Sixes tournament that uh, you guys put on uh, feels like so long ago, uh, Joey. That was. I don't even know if you guys remember this. That was the very last in-person esports tournament before the pandemic hit. It was like a week, week and a half later, the entire world went into lockdown. It was absolutely crazy that that yep. was like the last in-person esport event in DC. But uh, the crazy thing with that is, is that that was the first tournament, not just for sixes, for uh, a, a, an NHL-backed tournament. Um but we got to see a returning face there as well. So Regs, who obviously is a player that a lot of the people in the competitive NHL scene know, uh, easily a top five player in the world, absolutely fantastic talent, won the uh, uh, inaugural Caps eSport event when it was a 1v1 tournament. Um, now he's came in in that tournament and played sixes. The, I believe they, they put one of the best scoring players I've ever witnessed on defense. Uh, and it was an absolute stacked lineup. I believe the uh, organization was Entourage, and they went on to win the whole thing. Uh, obviously, now uh, you know a, a good chunk of those players are now signed with uh, your team, Isles GT, uh, including Regs, who is no stranger to the to the uh, esport limelight. Um, take me a little bit through that process of. Uh, picking these players and and trying to find that chemistry. Obviously, some of them have played together before, but finding the chemistry uh, to make the biggest impact possible, thrusting the Sixes scene backed by NHL organizations forward. Yeah, I mean, listen, it, it all comes down to relationships and trust, and the 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 the, the biggest thing about bringing back lands is just the opportunity to meet people and shake people's hands. There's really nothing that will ever substitute that. So when when we saw you know these four teams come into DC um, and I actually got to meet with them and, and work with every player, I got to see who was easy to work with, who was respectful, you know, who 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 really wanted to be there and and this was their passion and and was really supportive of everything we were doing. Um, and and I kept relationships with a lot of those guys over the over the next few years after that happened, um, including a lot of the entourage guys. And and I would watch people stream, and I would I would you know reach out to them randomly, and I would see how they they interact with the audience on Twitter and Instagram and Discord. Um, and, and I we just quietly watched and and really just stayed in contact with a lot of different players. Um, and ultimately, you know, guys like Regs, they're they're absolute powerhouse of a player. He could play in 1v1, play in 6v6, and be a top player no matter where he is. Um, so we, we were really excited to, to work out a deal with Lazarus because Regs is actually a player on loan to us. The rest are into signed individual contracts, while Regs is actually a player on loan from Lazarus to us because he was already signed to an NHL uh, to an esports organization um, playing NHL for them. So so we were really lucky to, to, to be able to bring Regs into the deal. He was a huge piece of it. 
um, you know, and, and, and he brings a lot to the team and the team chemistry, but I've seen these guys, these six guys work together and, you know, they, they're a family on and off the game. They, they're talking every single day. They're communicating. Um, you know, they really give positive feedback to each other. And, and, you know, when things aren't going right, they communicate it better than, than any group I've ever seen. So those are really important things. And, and the last piece of it is that, that we checked all of their social medias. I mean, I can't emphasize enough how important you know, being smart on social media is and, and making sure that, that your history is clean and, and that you're being smart about what you say, no matter how frustrated you are, because we check everything and we see everything and, and one bad, you know, post or, or, or reaction can really ruin a lot. Yeah, uh, it's it's true in esports. It's true in traditional sports. It's true in life. Um, I, I think it's it's a good reminder to a lot of people out there that, you know, the the safety wall of the computer screen in front of you is not really there, uh, and everything does go back to you, um, whether it's tracked through your IP or it's tracked through your social media profile. And I think that's a, a really good point to hammer home for potential future professional esports players uh, that want to make a splash in this developing NHL esports scene. Um, so, so Jordan, my, my next question for you is, obviously, you know, you've signed... Uh, this this roster that is absolutely star studded, um, you know, Shekel and Goal uh, is probably you know I've had a chance to talk with him a couple times. He's probably one of my, my my favorite players to talk to, just because of the way he looks at the game and the way he's able to kind of describe how you know communication works within his team, their strategy, uh, just an overall just well spoken individual. Um, obviously a, a, a backbone a, you know, as a goalie in this team. Um, what are you looking forward for the roster going forward? Obviously, like the, the NBA 2K League has one substitute. Are you looking for subs as well? Um, what's that process going to look like? Uh, how many And how many subs are you possibly looking at if someone out there watching or listening to this interview, they're saying, hey, you know, I want to try to impress Jordan right now. I want to see if I can get a, a, a sub slot. Um, what's that process going to look like? Yeah, and we're, we're probably going to bring on about three subs. Um, you know, most of these tournaments have a max roster of about nine. So we will likely bring on about three subs. Not saying that we won't bring on more. Um, we'll obviously only be able to submit nine to, to a lot of these tournaments, but we may have other people who, who are on the roster that are, are doing streaming and, you know, maybe getting in other competitions for us, maybe a little bit in the 1v1 scene. Um so, so, I mean, there's really, you know, it, it's just, you know, keep playing the game, keep competing at the top level, you know, make it to the finals of these tournaments, stream your games with face cam, um, and, and, and tell us when you're streaming, you know, t tweet me or, or tweet one of our players, say, hey, I'm, I'm streaming tonight, you know, if you could check it out, that'd be great, because we will, even if, you know, we just, we just drop a like, well, we'll definitely check it out. We, we want to really get to know everybody in the community. And, you know, when you have your face cam on and you're really talking to your audience, um, you know, that's really appealing to a lot of NHL teams. Now, I don't know how much you can talk about it, Jordan, but what's next for Isles GTs? You've signed the roster, you're starting to enter competitions. What is the next plan for esports under the Islanders umbrella? Yeah, I mean, listen, we're a competitive team. The goal is to win. Um, you know, we really want to see the, the organization compete at the top level in, in a lot of these upcoming tournaments where we're currently in the Caps tournament. We'll be entering a team in the Sharks tournament, um, seeing what other tournaments pop up. We obviously have our IGT circuit coming up, which um, honestly, the, the, the registration for that was was overwhelming. 
Uh, we planned about three weeks of registration and we like, weren't fully sure if it was going to fill up. We had 64 teams register in the first day, um, completely, completely full, which was absolutely astonishing to me and, and was not something that we were, we were ready for. So, um, what's next is, is we're just going to grow the professional scene that, you know, and I, I've, I've emphasized this in every person I've ever talked to about NHL esports is the goal from day one has always been to professionalize the esport and, and grow a pro scene. That's that next level above, you know, you're having these 10 teams finish in the top 10 of every single tournament. Well, what's that next step above just winning these tournaments. And, and that's that pro scene and, and being signed by NHL teams. So we're really looking to give, you know, that, that a vision and, and a goal for that next level for players to achieve. And, and a big piece of that is, is trying to grow the user base. And now, you know, anybody who picks up the controller and plays the game, it's not just, oh, I want to play the game. Oh, I can make some money. It's like, oh, wait, I can make a career out of this. I could actually play for my favorite NHL team one day if I put in the hours and the work. Yeah, absolutely. There, that's some great advice there. Uh, we are coming towards the end. Uh, of your time here, because again, uh, Jordan, you, you know us. We can talk with you all night long. I mean, it's you're you're just an awesome interview, and we could catch up about everything that's happened here in DC and what you're going forward. But we're, we'll limit to a couple more questions. Again, chat if you want to get your questions in. Uh, this is going to be your last chance. Uh, go ahead and put them in, and we will pull them in uh, as quickly as possible. Um, but one of the things I want to touch on here uh, is uh, an activation you did while you were here in DC, probably. One of the coolest things uh, as a hockey fan and as an eSport fan that you did that blew my freaking mind um, that literally broke the sports and eSports world uh, was that activation with uh, Alexander Ovechkin and the great one Wayne Gretzky uh, in an NHL game. Um, Ovi playing from a beanbag chair in his basement and the great one playing on a couch surrounded by his family. Uh, first off, again, I don't think anyone can congratulate you and the rest of the MSC team enough for, for getting that to, to go forward. It might be one of the coolest things ever, especially since Ovi is still chasing uh, that, that all-time scoring record, which, oh, three, four years, maybe four or five years, maybe, we'll see. Um, but that was just absolutely incredible. Do you have anything like amazing plan like that? Like, are we going to see, uh, Dennis Potvin come back for the Islanders? Uh, granted, he's probably close to about 70 years old now. Is he going to be taking on one of the, uh, the, the young bucks here for, for the Islanders? Listen, um, you know, opportunities like that, they pop up organically and naturally. And they just, the goal for us is to create the platform so that if anything any cool opportunities ever pop up that we actually have the platform to, to do it and amplify it. If anybody ever asks us, Hey, can we do this? I want to make sure that the answer is always yes. Not let me see, you know, we'll try. We're not there yet. The answer needs to be yes. And that's exactly what happened with that activation is that it, it just came, came in one night, you know, we're a very innovative organization and our, and that ownership group, um, you know, brought in the idea and, and, and it actually stemmed from Ovi and Gretzky. And the question was, listen is this really possible and we had built out the platform that really allowed it to be possible and we didn't build it out for that opportunity but just being being prepared is what it's all about because those opportunities will pop up eventually and, and as long as you have the platform and the ability to do it you can make the most out of it yeah it was it was a so cool seeing two generations of hockey come together through nhl uh uh um the the video game was just I, I to this day I'm just still in awe 
watching that live as it was happening. It was absolutely, I know I've picked your brain about it a million times. We won't go into that. Um, another uh, question here. Uh, last one from chat. Uh, I don't know how in depth you're going to be able to go into this. Uh, but uh, are there any other teams that you may be hearing rumors of that might be looking to jump into the Sixes scene? Uh, any other organizations in the NHL that uh, might be dabbling with esports going forward? Uh, and specifically, not the Ducks, Blue Jackets, Caps, or the Devils. <laughs> so we have heard of teams that have shown interest. Obviously, I can't go into it too much, but we've had conversations with teams that haven't kind of made a splash in the space yet. Um, and I, I'm not sure on their exact plans, but I wouldn't be surprised if you see more and more teams come in as as more and more teams to create news. But I mean, just seeing the Ducks and and the Blue Jackets and the Caps and the Lightning and the Devils, just how involved they really are, and you know how much support they bring, it, it shows other teams that this is all possible. So I mean, I think every year we'll start to see new teams enter the space, and um, you know we just have to sit tight and 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 really amplify them when they do come in because a team launching into the space is is really tough to do and and a lot of pressure for any organization so when teams come into the space just seeing the community actually support them it is going to bring more teams to the space so we just need to keep supporting each other as a community and and ultimately we'll see it grow more and more absolutely i just I got two more fun questions for you then we'll then we'll let you go uh for the evening uh first i i am a big uh arena like nut like i love arenas i could spend all day uh, in an arena, just kind of like going through the ins and outs, seeing what it looks like behind the scenes, how everything is built. Uh, one of the unique opportunities you had with this job with the Islanders, uh, and also since you're a fan of the Islanders too, is you got to witness the opening of a brand new uh, state-of-the-art uh, millions, oh, pardon me, uh, over $1 billion uh, arena for UBS Arena for the Islanders. Now, obviously, you growing up in, as an Islanders fan, Nassau Coliseum, we, we won't talk about it too much. It, it had its energy. It had its vibe. But now you're in a brand-new state-of-the-art arena. What was it like witnessing a brand-new arena come to life for the Islanders? Yeah, I mean, watching the you know UBS arena get open was, was extremely surreal. Uh, my entire family was there, and it was something that – it was one of the best experiences I'll ever go through, but it was also exhausting. There was – so much going on at the same time and you know i just had to remind myself as it was going on to sit back and like wow you know this is this is this is the new home and it will be for a very 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 long time um so i mean i went to like the first like 15 games or first like 10 home games and it was literally every other night that I was going uh, to UBS Arena. It was like a like a second home for me. Um, and they just they just couldn't win while I was there. But <laughs> as soon as I stopped going, they started winning. So uh -oh. you know that's why that's why I'm here on the show tonight with you and not at the game. <laughs> okay, okay. Superstitions aside, no, that, that's awesome though. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna have to make a trip up there. I'd love to see it. Um, I'll buy a ticket to the game. I think it's gonna be absolutely fantastic. It looks beautiful on TV. Um, uh, so, so there's this random uh, guy in here in chat real quick, uh, some Pcross11. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure if you've ever heard of that username before. He, he's asking your favorite NBA 2K League team. And I, 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 my heart is always uh, goes to WizDG. <laughs> there you go. And in case you don't know, P Cross is head coach Pat Crossing for WizDG, good friend of the show as well. Pat, wasn't thanks really for stopping sure. by. No, you're good. <laughs> you're good. Just giving him a little quick little shout out. And last one here for you. I know you're a big Star Wars fan. That's one of the things that we nerd out on all the time. Are you watching Book of Boba Fett, by the way? 
I am watching Book of Boba and I'm only at episode two, so no spoilers for episode three. Um, I actually just ordered a Boba Fett helmet that oh. I need for the collection, so I'm very excited for that to get Is, here. is it the uh, Black Series one? No, it's green. Uh, well, yeah, but is it the the, the, the Black Series line of, of Star Wars collectibles or... Uh, I'm not 100 percent sure. Like, it was yeah, it was, way, it was part of their collectible edition, but I I'm you. honestly love it. I have a I have I collect like weird little things. I have a whole um I have like a ring collection of the Iron Iron Man. Um, they're all the different like chest plates. Um, oh. and I have like a like a like a custom lightsaber from Star Wars. So I, I like the little little collectibles. Yeah, I uh I got lucky. I got I got to go to Star Wars back in the uh, the Galaxy's Edge in uh, November. Yeah, I'm I'm broke. Uh, well, Pat goes ask him about his lightsaber. Uh, no yeah, way, Pat, your lightsaber did not cost. No, it did not. It did okay. not. I don't know. Just don't don't. Okay, I won't, I won't. I won't. I won't. I won't. Jordan, I, I don't want to take up your time too much. Uh, but thank you so much uh, for hopping on. Uh, hopefully, we can have you on again in the future as well as the Isles GT brand continues to develop, as the NHL esports community continues to grow. Uh, I, I know a lot of people look up to you in this space. Uh, you're you're really a leader in helping grow the NHL uh, um, esports community going forward. Uh, you know, w- w- whether you want to believe it or not, you, you did it for the Caps. You helped out with the Caps. Now you're doing it with the Islanders. Uh, and and uh, it's, it's really cool to, to watch you. Uh, really grow in this space as well. So uh, again, anytime you want to get back on the show, you're always welcome. Uh, and again, Jordan, thank you so much for joining everyone real quick. If you're watching here live on the stream, that's his social media at Jordan Zellnerker on Twitter at Isles GT as well. If you are not following both of those accounts, you are doing it wrong. Make sure you follow both of them as well. If you're looking uh, to get Jordan in on one of your streams, if you're trying to go pro in the NHL esports scene, you heard him. You can add him. You can DM him. Just don't spam him. Spamming's bad. No spamming. It's probably not a good way to get noticed anyway. So just let him know. He lurks around. Just let, just do it. And Jordan, again, always great having you on the show. Appreciate your time. Yeah, thank you for having me. This was always a pleasure. And and can't wait to have you guys up at uh, UBS Arena for a game. Yeah, I'm going to hold you too. I'm, I'm going to shoot you a DM Yeah, absolutely. We will definitely yeah. be there. Let's go. You guys better be in Isles gear, though. Uh, as so... <laughs> Full disclosure, uh, I am a hardcore Colorado Avalanche fan, so as long as they're not playing the Avalanche, I'll do it. I have no problem with I'll make with sure it. we don't invite you when they're playing the Avs. Oh, it's, it's okay. Kale McCarr. It's, that's a, it's enough said. Uh, anyway. Quite a player. All right, Jordan. Appreciate the time, buddy. Thanks, guys. All right, Jordan. Thank you so much again as we are going to transition now into the rest of the show. Here for you as we do have, uh, let's see here, as we do have the rest of the show to go. Again, make sure you follow Jordan at Jordan Zellnicker at IslesGT as well on Twitter. Again, big shout out to everyone joining for that interview. Feel free to stick around. We do have more gaming esports news to hop into. Uh, If you are new to the stream, we do cover a little bit of everything. Uh, whether it's behind the scenes for these esports leagues, roster moves, major deals, uh, previewing upcoming games as well. We cover it all here on Level Up. Thanks for stopping by, uh, Joey, as we transition now into the second half of the show. Uh, but first, Joey, it's always great having Jordan on, a uh, good friend of the show, good friend IRL as well. Uh, super excited for him in his new position. 
up there with the Islanders. Uh, and it's really great to kind of pick the brain of the guy that's really creating that magic for the Islanders. Prior to this, the Islanders uh, maybe have been looking at developing an, an eSport opportunity, but now with Jordan on their team, they're hitting the ground running, and he's win he's bringing a winning ped a pedigree with him up into uh, Long Island. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he's just been so intimate with the NHL scene in general. I mean, I didn't even know all the way back to his thesis that he was writing about NHL esports even before they really became a bigger thing on the level they are today. And it's just continuing to grow both sixes, ones. Uh, we've seen some great threes competitions out there as well. And what he brings to the table with MSE kicking off the sixes scene in that NHL setting, now signing the first team to a full NHL organization. So he's just really been a pioneer in the scene. And I think it's fun to bring him on not only to pick his brain and what he's done so far, but a little bit of a hint of what's to come as well. Uh, he couldn't drop any other teams that are in discussions. He couldn't really talk too much about the NHL's full plans. But he still can give some insight here and there of how he and his organization are trying to grow the scene. And from that, we can get little tidbits of what is going on with that full NHL esports scene as well. So it's always just great to see that insight from someone so heavily involved in a scene in and of itself. Absolutely, Joey. Let's go ahead and transition now into the second half of the show uh, where we talk about the fun and exciting world of gaming and esports news. Let's go ahead and kick it off. Joey, with our first topic, this one actually involves a good hobby of mine and our good friend Panicking Pat, who's in chat, uh, involving Legos. What's up with that? Yeah, Lego my Lego. Lego has made the decision to delay the launch of an upcoming Overwatch 2 Lego set while it reevaluates its relationship with Activision Blizzard. Uh, John, we've talked about this before, Activision Blizzard under a lot of heat. Uh, we've talked about it so many times that we're not going to go too deep into it again. But a lot of allegations out there from sexual harassment to unfair pay and so on and so forth. And the list goes on and on. So Lego saying, hey, we're trying to build relationships here. And this just doesn't look like a healthy relationship at the moment. So just like Overwatch 2, this Lego set is going to be delayed for a bit of time. Yeah, um, and rightfully so. I mean, geez, we don't even know when Overwatch 2 is going to come out for the rest of us. Uh, again, the, the league's going to be running a beta version, supposedly, uh, whenever that does launch. But uh, again, I mean, th this is a major blow to the marketing for Overwatch, for Overwatch 2 and the league. Uh, I mean, Pat and I can attest Legos are not cheap, uh, and I can't imagine the developing process behind making that next generation of Lego for Overwatch uh, wasn't a pretty penny for their R&D department. Uh, so uh, that is a, a big, big blow uh, to the Overwatch League and that relationship with Activision Blizzard. And rightfully so, like you said, uh, with all the turmoil going on behind the scenes. Then moving from Activision Blizzard over to another big game and company, this one being Take-Two. Take-Two Interactive is acquiring, I believe it's pronounced Zynga, could be Zynga, for $12.7 billion. $12.7 billion. That's over $5 billion more than Microsoft spent acquiring ZeniMax Media and Bethesda earlier this year, in March or earlier last year, I guess, at this point. Uh, John, this is a lot of money. We've seen mobile gaming continue to grow. The esports scenes are continuing to grow. The overall profit in mobile gaming just continues to rise at an astronomical rate. And Take-Two wants to take advantage of it. They've jumped in and bought some mobile makers here and there. This is the biggest one by far, though. Not only the biggest mobile gaming investment, but the biggest gaming investment ever made at $12.7 billion. Uh, John, this is a lot of money. We've seen tons and tons of acquisitions happen, and it just continues to rise. Yeah, uh, to put that in comparison with our last segment with Jordan, uh, that is roughly 12 UBS arenas uh, worth of uh, <laughs> dollars there. Going, going into this deal, uh, that's, that's a lot of hockey right there. Uh, I think it's great. Uh, Take-Two is a big player here. 
uh, I, I think it's Zanga. I mean, I could be completely wrong with that. I've always called it Zanga. No one's ever corrected me. Um, I think that's what it is, too. Yeah. But you never know. You, you never know. And, Joey, our track record with pronouncing uh, words on this show is not very good. <laughs> so there is that as well. Uh, but I really like this deal. Uh, Zanga is, is behind a lot of uh, great mobile games as well. Take two. Uh, behind a lot of major, major titles on platforms and uh, PC games as well. Uh, I, I think this deal has the possibility of really shaking up the space and, and introducing a new uh, joint power company here in the gaming industry. Yeah, for sure. And those that think mobile gaming is not here to say, I'm sorry, guys, it's time to wake up. It is definitely here to yep. say PUBG Mobile is making buku dollars over in Asia, especially in India. Uh, you look at Fortnite, where's a lot of their revenue coming from? It's not the Xbox players, the PlayStation players, the PC. They are making so much money on mobile devices. So you look at it overall, it's just a market that's going to continue to flow. Wild Rift is now the most popular game with League of Legends heading to mobile devices as well. So we're going to see it continue to grow. We're going to continue to see the revenue streams continue to grow. And with Zynga being acquired here, this also means Take-Two can say, hey, we have these other IPs like Rockstar, for example, moving something like Red Dead over to a mobile device is a possibility. You have NBA 2K. Uh, maybe they start looking into some more mobile adaptations for that as well. So Take-Two is a big umbrella. There's a lot of IP that falls under it. And now with a in-house mobile developer, and they have a couple, but no one quite as big as this one, now that opens up a ton of doors to move those IPs to mobile devices. Sure, that does mean more monetization and more costs as well. Um, but in the end, we'll see if this does pay off in the end as mobile gaming continues to rise for now. Uh, the only other thing to mention on this, so it is a 45-day provisional period uh, for the acceptance to go through. And then from there, the reviews and everything have to come as well. Uh, Take-Two did agree to acquire Codemasters before, known for their racing games like Dirt Series. And they did end up getting overturned because EA ended up buying out the contract. So while this does look like it will go through with Take-Two being the acquirer, it could end up shifting to someone like a Microsoft, a Sony, uh, EA Games, any of those as well. So we'll have to keep an eye on that. Again, 45 days, so a little over about a month and a half at this point, uh, and we will know the answer to that one. Next up is PlayStations. A lot of you guys, any NHL players sticking around here in chat, I'm sure some of you guys are trying to get your hands on PS5s. Well, it has been tough for everyone, John and I included, due to PS5 shortages, though, Sony has decided on a new approach to it. They have a new way to get a PS5 in your home or, well, a PlayStation in one way or another. They've decided to produce more PS4s, John. That is their solution here. Yeah, uh, this is Sony being Sony. Uh, this is Sony going, uh, we're going to force everyone to upgrade to a PlayStation 5 uh, by having all the new releases that are coming out during that awkward transition period into a new generation on PlayStation 5 only. Uh, fun fact, uh, that even changed. Uh, and then going forward, they're like, okay, well, if you're going to buy it, we're going to force you to buy it with an upcharge uh, that gives you the new gen version of the game. Also, that's going to justify you spending an extra $10, $15, $20 on that game title going forward in hopes that you stick with the Sony ecosystem and you buy a PlayStation 5 when and where and if they ever become available again. Well, now Sony is going, you know what? We're just going to make more PlayStation 4s. The demand for PlayStation 5 is so high, we're going to make more last-gen consoles. Joey, this is so, uh, like, counter-logic. Uh, when you take a look at what Xbox is doing, right? Xbox is like, hey, you know what? We know getting an Xbox Series S and Series X, is it's a little challenging. Not Maybe not as hard as a PlayStation 5, but it's still a challenge. They still sell out really quick anytime there's a new drop. So what are we going to do? 
we're going to cut the prices on the last several generations of Xbox because we know you guys want a game. We know you want to be a part of Game Pass. Here's a great opportunity. You can buy a last-gen console 40% off. And I think that's a great way of, of, of doing it. I think it's a lot easier to sit there and be like, hey, look, I'm willing to spend $150 bucks, uh, on last-gen console while I wait for a Series X or a Series S to pop up versus, you know, they're not going to discount the PlayStation 4. I mean, let, let's be real here. You can go to your local GameStop and see if they have any uh, used PS4s in there. They, they probably don't. Uh, it, it is just an absolute bear of a time trying to find these next-gen consoles. Joey, uh, you know, a friend of mine was telling me they broke into a Best Buy looking to steal one, and they were still out of stock. They couldn't find anything oh. back there. It's a, it's a fake story. No I know. You got to be scared there for a second. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I, I do not have friends that are criminals that I know of. Uh, so, yeah, it's just one of those things where it's like this is such a bad idea because if you're openly saying you're not going to support PS4 going forward with these games that are cross-gen in this awkward one, two, three-year transition period where your consoles are impossible to find, why would I go buy a PlayStation 4? It makes no sense. Makes zero sense. Yeah, I mean, it's, it just seems like a bad investment. Like, even yeah. at a discounted price, right? You're yeah. still buying into an old system that eventually, well, it's not going to be completely obsolete because there's still PS4 games out there. If I want to play the new God of War or whatever the later games that come from Sony end up being, how do I play them on this old system? Like, maybe the trade-in value? Like once PS5s are back on stock a little bit more, you can get your trade-in value to come in. But still, it seems like a, a questionable decision. On the side of Microsoft, yeah, they ended up cutting their production of old consoles in 2020. So they have been full new consoles. Now, the one big difference here, and I think this gives a little bit of credit to Sony, well, I guess more Microsoft being forward-thinking, is they went with two different SKUs. So you have the Xbox Series X and the Series S. PlayStation, it's still PS5. One has a disk drive, one doesn't. But with Xbox, you can at least shift your production to one of the new next-gen consoles, depending on what's available. So if you're missing parts on the Xbox Series X for a month, we'll produce a few more Series S's. And that way you're still moving people forward onto those new-gen consoles, and you're not reverting back to your older gen, but you can still kind of navigate the missing parts a little bit more. And where Sony, I think, going with one SKU is very strong for their sales numbers. PS5s are selling extremely well. Like John said, you can't find them anywhere. At the same point, you also don't give yourself that flexibility. So when you start running low on those parts, but you still want to get consoles and homes, you can't really turn to a different SKU at the moment. You have to turn all the way back to last-gen's consoles. So I think that was a little bit of a foresight for Xbox and a missight there from PlayStation. Either way, if you guys have been lucky enough to get a next-gen console, whether it be PlayStation, Xbox, uh, or you're one of those 90 million people who've bought into the Switch, all of them are pumping out new games. The Switch has some good stuff coming out this month, actually, with Pokemon Legends. Uh, Sony is now porting some of their stuff to PC, so some of those titles coming over as well. Speaking of... God of War 2018, if you've not played God of War, uh, it was a Game of the Award winner on PlayStation 4 back then, and now it makes its way to PC tomorrow. That's Friday, January 14th. Lots to look forward to on this one, and John, critics are loving it. They loved it initially, obviously giving it that Game of the Year award, and it's currently sitting at a 93 on Metacritic with 45 reviews and so far for the PC edition as well. Look, I'm going to be honest. If you're a PC gamer out there and, you, and you're not involved in the Sony ecosystem for PlayStation, God of War is required homework, okay? It's required homework. You have to go play this game. The entire God of, Wars, uh, God of War series uh, is absolutely phenomenal. It is one of the titles that has kept me with Sony for so long. Um, it's absolutely fantastic. It is, it is a brilliant game, and I think PC gamers 
are really going to enjoy the story behind these games, the characters in these games, the play style of these games. I mean, this game has evolved so much from the original God of War to where it is now. Again, I'm going to go ahead and call it required homework. If you're a PC gamer, uh, you have to play this game. It is that good. And just a gamer in general, guys, like regardless, don't get into the console war thing and all that, this and that. Sony does a very good job with third person narrative games. God of War is exactly why they do such a good job. I mean, you look at the game awards and what they've won. God of War has been a winner. The Last of Us has won for part one and two. Ghost of Tsushima got a ton of nominations. Uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, I don't remember if it won, but it definitely got nominated. They do a very, very, very good job in that genre. God of War has been their staple as well, their backbone, their spine of their catalog. It is definitely worth the play. And also, if you're a PC gamer and you want to see more PlayStation-exclusive games come to PC, what's the best way to encourage Sony than throwing money at them? So definitely go out there, wishlist it on Steam, buy it on Epic, wherever you want to get it. I know it's launching on Steam. I don't 100% know on Epic. I know Sony has some share with Epic. Uh, so if this one doesn't launch there, I'm sure future games will at the very least. Uh, but it's definitely worth investing into if you want to see more Sony games come to PC as well. Next up is Stalker 2, a huge game, giant, not only in game size, but also in audience size. Uh, Stalker 2 has been delayed, unfortunately. It was set to come out this spring, spring 2022, with an April date. Uh, it has now been shifted all the way to December 8th, 2022. It was originally starting to hear some rumors. Uh, I think it was a Russian site that tweeted it out first that they were looking at a move to the fall. Well, they said, hey, fall looks nice. We're going to give another two to three months on top of it just to make sure our polish is complete and everything looks ready and dandy to launch. Uh, so this one is delayed. Uh, it is a big delay in games in general. We're going to see a lot more delays this year as we did last year and the year before. But the other big thing here, John, is Xbox's catalog toward the first half of the year as far as first party uh, is a little bit on the lighter side. There's no real big heavy hitters that come to follow Forza and Halo before Starfield later this year. So you do have a couple mixed in, but a lot of them don't hit until June. So I think the biggest thing you're going to see from the Xbox side now is how do we answer this? Do we get more Game Pass deals? Do we bring something like MLB The Show back to Game Pass? And we're starting to see that answer a little bit. We did see Ubisoft uh, with the deal over there bringing their new Rainbow Six game to Game Pass, uh, as well as Siege to um, the PC version of Game Pass. And then the new game to both versions. And then you also see another answer coming out today as we got another new announcement. Uh, IO Interactive has announced the Hitman Trilogy, which is going to include the three most recent Hitman games. That's going to be launching on January 20th for current and last-gen PlayStations and Xboxes as well as on PC. And that is going to be a day one edition for Game Pass. Uh, based on what I've heard, this one was already agreed on. So I think this is not necessarily to fill the shoes of Stalker. But I think it is starting to get that ball rolling because they're going to have to probably add something in that March to April range at least to add something into that catalog um, outside of just indie games. I think this is a big get. I think Stalker being delayed is sad, but I'm glad they're giving it the time it needs. The Hitman trilogy coming to Game Pass, I think, is a huge win for Game Pass subscribers. Yeah, it's absolutely massive. Um, and hopefully MLB The Show does come back to Game Pass. Um, but that also means that Major League Baseball uh, needs to get their heads out of their butts uh, and get this deal with the Players Association done real quick for collective bargaining. Uh, because there's a lot of licensing that goes into all of this. And I need them to fix it as someone who enjoys MLB The Show. Um but yeah, I mean, it's big. And I think you hit the nail on the head there, Joey, is, is there is going to be this gap for Xbox uh, uh, fans out there, for, for people in the Xbox ecosystem when it comes to first-party title, first uh, first title games. Blah, words. Um, 
And part of it is due to that ongoing the, the ongoing pandemic. Like we've talked about it on here multiple times, all the acquisitions, everything that's going on behind the scenes, all the games that are in development but don't have a a timetable. They don't have a release date. Um, they are working on on games to bring to Game Pass and to the Xbox ecosystem. But the issue is, is just again, like if 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 there's anybody in here working full time during the pandemic, uh, maybe you had to work from home. Production kind of slows down a little bit. Like you don't have all the resources you need. Maybe you're going into the office once or twice. When you're developing a video game, it makes it even harder because uh, that's all the equipment you have to transport, and it's just not the same. Uh, you know, the people on the graphics team aren't sitting next to each other. They're sitting miles and miles away from each other having to work. Uh, so uh, I think the gaming community has been pretty understanding uh, going forward, um, but but it is a little bit of a lull, but I, I, I don't think it will hurt Xbox too much. I think a lot of people are still really excited of the idea of Xbox Game Pass uh, especially with all the 360 games, the old school 360 games starting to pop up on there as well. A lot of people are really, really excited for it. For sure. And you're still getting tons of new games every two weeks. They're adding a lot of indie games, some AAA games like we just had Mass Effect added as well. Uh, I just think somewhere in that March to April range, they're going to have to fit something in there. Uh, if you look at Sony as a competitor, they have a very, very strong first half coming. Horizon Forbidden West is coming out in February. Sifu's coming out in February. On the PC side, you do have God of War releasing. Uh, you have Uncharted, that collection releasing as well in January. So a lot of really good releases from the PlayStation side. And then they slow down a little bit more in the second half of the year after God of War releases, uh, depending where that lands, whether it be summer or fall 2022. And then for the Xbox side, it's similar to last year, where you kind of had the gauntlet of Age of Empires, Forza, and Halo. This year, you're going to have Redfall come summer, fall range. Uh, a couple unannounced titles might make their way out. And then there is Starfield to end the year. Uh, and then once you go into 2023, it's very strong for both parties as well. So lots to look forward to. Just a little bit of a question mark there in the spring for Xbox, depending what they want to fill that stalker void now with. Over to some esports news. Just a little take here because we are a little bit later in the show with the interview at the top. Uh, we're going to talk just about one jersey, John. A lot of esports teams announcing their jerseys. Uh, we do have League of Legends for the LEC and LCS starting up this week. And with that, a lot of these organizations giving their new 2022 jersey unveils. Uh, one that stood out to us in particular was the jersey from 100 Thieves. Uh, jersey in air quotes, that is. John, if you want to go ahead and pull a picture up for those live with us here on stream. Uh, this, to me, is an ugly Christmas sweater meets a polo. This is terrible. Like, Joey, I'm not going to lie. When I first saw this, I thought that, I thought they were wearing collared button-up shirts underneath uh, the jersey. No, that's built in. Um that is a soccer jersey with a collar that I'm not a fan of at all. But it looks like e thicker, doesn't it? To it you? looks a lot thicker. And I think it's probably because it transitions from black to white on the inside uh, for that collar. But I don't I don't like this. Like nor for, for an organization that is known for their apparel, they missed the mark on this. Like this I we're gonna be watching uh <laughs> professional gamers in collars playing on the LCS stage coming up here this weekend. It just blows my mind. It, I, I, I'm not a fan. Maybe, you know what? Maybe, maybe I'm just a boomer. Maybe I just don't like this. I, I, I don't know. To me, when I look at like, you know, not just because I'm biased, but cloud nine or fanatic or even face clan, what they're doing no one's doing this. This is just so weird. Joey, we're going to see a, a, a 100 Thieves army of people in this country walking around with collared esports jerseys on. 
I mean, that's the part that worries me. Like, this thing's going to sell out. And it then is. they're going to be encouraged to just continue to do crazy stuff like this. Like, I like that they're taking a risk. But this, to me, like, even thinking from a player perspective, we're talking a long sleeve jersey. We're talking a collar that could get, like, itchy with, like, headphone cords or whatever. Like, it just it doesn't seem like eSport apparel to me. Like, not only just in the style, but also just in the actual usability of it. Like, that looks hot to me. Do I want to be hot on stage? Like, obviously, I want my hands to be hot. But do I want my arms and my full body? And do I want to feel like I'm sweating while I'm playing out these professional matches? Uh, it's sweaty enough playing Halo as is. Like, I just, I don't know. It just doesn't hit me as an esports jersey. It's not going to end up swiping my credit card. Um, but overall, it is a a unique approach that 100 Thieves decided to take this time around. Just real quick, some hot takes here from Twitter, uh, from responses. Ah, the 90s rugby team look. This ain't the one, Rugby lads. team, that's accurate. I do uh, like that one. Oh, you guys are a private school esports team? Mm. Uh, let's see here. Uh, not going to lie, they look pretty bad. This looks like it cost maybe five quid. Uh, let's see. Uh, that This is a joke, right? You're not actually going to make them wear polos. And the last one, uh, and this is great for soccer fans. Not the biggest fan of this. In my opinion, it reminds me of some of Puma's third kits. Uh, Puma has some really bad third kits out there for soccer teams. If, you, if you're not aware, um, yeah, not a good take. Not a fan. Not a fan. And the rest of the esports world, not a fan either. And I don't think this is a joke either, right? No, like, this I, is legit. I'm pretty sure this is the jersey. If this is a joke, it's a very poorly timed April Fool's joke. Yeah, not a fan. But if you guys want to order it, go ahead, 100thieves.com. I don't know if there's any left available because it's probably <laughs> just going to fly right off the shelves. Uh, but, yeah, if you want your polo sweater, Christmas ugly sweater thingy, it's available. It's a lot of thingies. <laughs> yeah, there, there's a lot of thingies going on, a lot of hot fabric going on over there and collars and more. Uh, sliding into the LCS where you can watch the debut of that New Jersey for the 100 Thieves team in the lock-in tournament. Uh, John, we're just going to talk a little bit, well, to the audience as well, just talk a little bit about the LCS and LEC, the League of Legends scene, because both do kick off this week. Uh, two of the biggest scenes in esports overall. Uh, just to quickly run down some matchups to keep an eye on, as well as a few hints on the lock-in tournament. Uh, kicking things off with the LCS over here in NA, John, uh, I think this is the, it's a wacky format, and we've talked about it before. The way they do it now, they have a lock-in tournament. There's a couple groups. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of these teams are not their full teams due to some visas still being worked out. So the actual spring split itself does not start until early February. I believe it's February 4th. Uh, this will be the prior tournament, kind of like the preseason of NA League of Legends. With that being said, we do have the groups. Uh, group A is going to be 100 Thieves in those New Jerseys. Cloud9, FlyQuest, Golden Guardians, and TSM. And then over in Group B, a little bit of a weaker group, in my opinion. CounterLogic Gaming, Dignitas, Evil Geniuses, Immortals, and Team Liquid. Hopping back to Group A, John, what are your thoughts on this group overall? It does look like four of the five teams will advance in this year's group stage. Yeah, uh, I think we're going based upon jerseys alone. That 100 Thieves uh, is automatically disqualified. They'll be in last place. <laughs> Uh, cloud nines, New Jersey's, I give them a solid seven out of 10. Um, not, not my, th Oh, we're actually talking about games. My bad. Um, yeah, no, I, I think Ruby is definitely the most competitive one. And when four out of five are going to make it out, uh, it's really hard to call anything a group of death. Uh, cause only one team is going to get eliminated. Um, and that's probably going to be a battle between FlyQuest and golden guardians, maybe TSM again. It's really hard to protect anything here because again, these aren't the full rosters. These are not your starting LCS rosters for a good majority of these teams. Cloud9 has three Academy players playing. Um, that's going to be massive. Uh, it, it's going to affect the entire team. I think it's 
Fudge and Blabber are the only two uh, that are going to be playing in this uh, play-in uh, tournament. Uh, but, you know, you have other teams where it's the full starting five that won't be playing. It's fully, a, they're a cat, I'm sorry, it's not Fudge, it's actually Darshan coming in uh, to play top lane there, so, uh, so I'll have to double check on that. But, um, but again, it, it's, it means nothing, and, and that's my biggest issue with LCS, is that I, I like that they're trying to be innovative, I like that they're thinking outside of the box, but there is no reason for a team to do well in this. Other than saying, "Oh, we won the inaugural uh, play-in tournament," or the or or whatever they're what they're going to call this, it, it just makes no sense. Like you you already made the spring championship mean absolutely nothing, uh, and now you're going to have another absolutely nothing burger right before that. Like, yeah, if you're a fan of an organization, if you're a fan of professional League of Legends, you might watch. But in all reality, Joey, I want to watch something that's meaningful. I, there's there's a difference between playing in a tournament or playing in a season that has something on the line, whether it's championship points, whether it's points to qualify for Worlds or get to MSI, something on the line versus literally a banner that means nothing other than a marketing ploy for your organization. And yeah, pardon me, organization that your diehard fans might celebrate. But at the end of the day, it's not going to mean anything. And, and I think that's what bothers me the most with this is that it just feels like it's there to fill up time and space. And that's about it. Yeah, it definitely is a feel. Like in sports, you have preseason. The NFL plays a couple games before the season takes place. But the NFL is also not out there really having these full-on scrimmages that we are already seeing in esports. They're at their full level, in a sense, in some of these scrimmages if they want to be. And professional sports can't really do that. So preseasons in esports... It kind of falls in this weird gray area. Like, sure, you want to show off your roster. You want to get some practice. But you're also doing part of that behind the scenes anyway. And then it comes down to something like this. Like, okay, people can give a full weekend away to watch this stuff. And actually a couple weekends at this because it runs a couple weekends. But is it really worth investing that much time? And with Cloud9, for example, you're investing time into Cloud9 that it's not even going to be the full roster. It's going to be like two-fifths or three-fifths of the roster. And sure, you might see some players like Zven come in from time to time as a substitute. But at the same point, it's like, uh, I want to support the team, but I'm really not that invested in something that really has no weight on it, like you were mentioning. So overall, if you guys are interested, League of Legends is back, and that in and of itself is exciting. You can get a first glimpse at some of your players here. Uh, unfortunately, as we said, not all the teams will be filled out. Some, however, will be in full 100%, so we can see how they weight up against some of these subs as well uh, as some main team players. Um, but yeah, that is happening this weekend group stage for now. Then from there, we'll break down into a bracket later on over to the LEC. They're kicking off with their own super week, John, but this one actually does matter. Uh, this is counted as the regular season. So the way the LEC works over in Europe, they have three matches on the first weekend. Every team is playing those three matches. So it's a full slate of matches, a lot of stuff going on a normal week for them. Each team plays two with the first week, and I believe it's the last week of each split, they end up doing the three. It's kind of their fun kickoff, but as John said, it does count toward points, so you do want to watch these ones if you're an LEC fan. John, there are a lot of good matches, uh, a lot of good matches. It's going to kick off tomorrow, January 14th. If we had to pick one or two out, uh, the one I would recommend, if you could only choose one match all weekend long, even if you're not a League of Legends fan, this one is going to be spicy. Saturday, January 15th at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, Vitality versus Fnatic. 
These are arguably going to be your top two teams this year, at least based on preseason voting of analysts. Uh, Fnatic coming in with their bot lane, who was one of the best in the world last year, and then pairing them up with three new players. One of the players comes from a rival organization in the top lane in Wonder. The jungler is a young up-and-coming guy who makes a lot of impacts on the map from Misfits uh, in Razork. And then in the mid lane, you have arguably one of the best mid laners in Europe in Humanoid coming over from the Mad Lions, who was one of those young up-and-coming organizations that made a lot of noise last year. Then on Vitality, this is your super team of Europe. They have paired up some of the best we have ever seen in European competition. You have Alfari in the top lane coming back over from North America. He got a nice payday from Team Liquid and then came back to EU to compete once again for Worlds. Uh, in the jungle, you have Selfmade. Uh, as his name implies, he is very much a selfish jungler. He comes out. He can play supportive here and there, but typically the jungler that goes for those kills, that goes for those style points. In the mid lane, you have Perks, uh, who also did a stint over at NA and got a nice paycheck for it, coming back to reinstate himself as one of the best in Europe. And then you have a very nice bot lane there as well. I believe it's Karzy and Lebrov. Karzy from that same Mad Lions team that made a lot of noise last year. So a ton to look forward to if you're a League of Legends fan. If you're not a League of Legends fan, if you're just an esports fan in general, I don't think John and I can recommend checking out the LEC enough. The production value is some of the best you'll ever see in esports. And this should be a pretty good match to watch. Again, Saturday, January 15th, 3 p.m. Eastern time. John, any other matches or thoughts you want to highlight here heading into a League of Legends weekend? I mean, the only thing that really stands out is as a fan of Cloud9 and the LCS, there is nothing more frustrating than watching the LEC. And allow <laughs> me to explain that. The production value of the LEC is insane. It's amazing. It's second to none in League of Legends, and I would argue it's easily a top five anywhere in the world of esports. Uh, they do an incredible job. The content that they pump out, they had they made a song about Reckless playing for G2 going up against Fnatic after all of his years on Fnatic, which also, sad note, first time in the LEC in a long time we're not going to have Reckless uh, competing in the LEC. Uh, Reckless, I know, is one of Joey's favorite players, one of my favorite players uh, in the in the scene. So that's kind of a, a a sad moment there. But just the talent on the microphones, behind the cameras, in the studios, the production, just everything. You watch that in the morning, and then you turn on the LCS in the afternoon and the evening. You will pull your hair out, and and, and it's not a knock to the on screen talent. Like I do enjoy the shoutcasters. I enjoy the pregame and postgame shows that they do for all the matches. But when you experience what the LEC does and then compare it to the LCS, it honestly is, I mean, the, the running meme is NA production. Uh, and and unfortunately, it, it drives me up a wall. But in comparison to the LEC, it's it doesn't hold any water to the LEC. So definitely check out the LEC. It's great. Check out the LCS also. I'm not telling you not to check it out. It's just frustrating as an LCS fan knowing that one part of Riot can do it right and have a season start with a super week for points that matter, but yet the other region starts with a play-in tournament that doesn't even feature the starting rosters uh, just drives you up a wall. And this is like iconic LCS to a T. 
And I think just one other footnote on that is I, LEC drives their social content very well yes. too. So when you have these rivalries, these storylines that are happening on the Rift and in-game, they do a good job of translating those outside of game. As John was mentioning, they're creating music, they're creating storylines, they're little videos, hype videos, and just they're pushing that on social media throughout the week up to the matches. So you're already building those storylines. And then with the LCS, not saying they're not doing this or some other esports leagues out there or not, but a lot of them, then the casters just have to pick up kind of from nowhere. Like we have these storylines, but they haven't really been told to the audience that isn't maybe watching it regularly. While with the LEC, it's being hammered home. You're seeing it on social media. You're seeing it on the actual players' Twitter handles themselves, on the casters' Twitter handles. And then from there, the casters just pick up and continue the story as they do into the broadcast. So... I think just the overall function of LEC is just very fluid right now. And some of the other esports leagues in the world are still trying to get to that level. So if you guys want to see the top of the top, the LEC does kick off this weekend. And as John said, that LCS Lonkin tournament also going on. Lots of good esports. Halo happening tonight even. Uh, and a number of other ones kicking off here soon as we are fully into 2022 at this point. Yeah, it's by the way. I, I think that just about wraps. What's that? I need to see how, how uh, Cloud9's doing. Last night I saw they were going up against FaZe in the finals for HCS. I don't know if you I have think a spoiler, they're probably doing pretty well. Or, or I think Cloud9 is probably doing pretty well. They're okay, looking very good. good. We had the pleasure of seeing them at HCS Raleigh <laughs> for those new to the show as well. Uh, good stuff down there. Cloud9, a very strong roster. We'll keep an eye on them as well as gaming and esports news as we come to you next week, Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time once again. With that being said, guys, thanks for joining us, Sean. I think we are ready to head into that closing. Yeah, that's uh, if the uh, Bluetooth actually wants to connect. That'd be ah, nice. the old Bluetooth. Yeah, you gotta love it. Uh, uno momento, por favor, and we're gonna get that. Joey, look at that, we got it! The music's there, Nation! That will do it for our technical difficulties tonight. Uh, but that will also do it for this edition of Level Up Live. Before you go, head over to patreon.com slash OTN consider becoming a part of the Overtime Network. In return, you'll get access to exclusive content that nobody else in the world can get unless they are part of OTN Media. If you have not already done so, make sure you follow the show here on Twitch to catch the next episode of level up live if you listen to the show on our podcast feed please do leave us a review level up podcast is available on spotify Stitcher, itunes google play and anywhere else you can pull a podcast we are there for you we would love to hear from you in fact we love to hear from our community so much there are multiple ways for you to reach out to us joey what are those ways Absolutely. Head on over to Twitter and find us at Level Up Live. That is LVLUP Live. In addition to that, you can follow the umbrella company OTN Media on Twitter and Facebook at OTN Media and on Instagram at OTN underscore media. Last but not least, if you like what we did on today's show, the interview, the esports and gaming news, you can come back once again. Twitch.tv forward slash OTN Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Come ahead. Give us maybe even a Twitch Prime sub, a follow, chat, hangout. We got all of it. Again, Thursdays, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. All right, make sure you tune in again next Thursday. That is January 20th as we cover the latest and greatest in gaming esports news. Do your ears and eyes a favor. Hit that sub and follow button here on Twitch and on your podcatcher to know when the next episode of Level Up Live is ready for your entertainment pleasures. We'll catch you all next week. Enjoy your weekend. If you're in the DMV, stay safe. We're getting more snow. Can you believe it? Be nice to your fellow gamers online. And as always, Level, level Up. up.